Welcome to the Product Guy Podcast, where we discover what it takes to transform an idea or stroke of genius into a product for the masses. It's going to be informative, insightful, and actionable. I'm your host, TFN, the Product Guy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Product Guy Podcast. This is episode 52. It's a big deal. It's the one year of the Product Guy podcast, birthday, anniversary, date, mystery, madness, fun show. And to celebrate, we changed it up. I'm getting on the other side of the mic. And I asked my friend, mentor, and business partner, Richie Norton, who's silently listening in the background to to interview me and to see if it brings a different perspective to the show than one you're used to hearing from. Richie, how are you? That's me, guys. I'm the guy secretly <laughs> scraping in the background behind the scenes. So, you know, it's, it is, it is different to interview, have be interviewed on your own podcast. So I actually think it's a super important idea so people can get to know you a little bit better, T. And also, uh, what you're doing is amazing. So I hope to be able to highlight some things you're doing, not only because you're awesome, but so people can understand how what you do can benefit them even more than they might already know. In fact, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about my friend TFN. Not only we traveled the world together many times, not not only have we seen over 10,000 Buddhas, not exaggerating, not exaggerating (laughs) together and been to um, all kinds of wild places. You, you, you can't even imagine the stuff we've, we've seen out there in the world, but let me tell you a little bit more. TFN, he's the co-founder and CEO of product. Inc. 5000 company and the host of the Product Guy podcast, which you're listening to right now. Product helps entrepreneurs go from idea to market with full service global sourcing and end-to-end supply chain. He left his supply chain job. Did you know that? When he realized traditional sourcing solutions were broken to launch product and implement product creation strategies. TFN created a product creation framework that springboarded product as a recognized name in the sourcing space. Clients include celebrities, top YouTube creators, top podcasters, global brands, best-selling authors, and more. It all came full circle for my friend, TFN, when mega corporations started contracting product to create global strategic product innovation solutions. His work takes him around the world and across industries, including hundreds of products and dozens of categories. T speaks fluent French, English, and Mandarin Chinese, and he currently resides in the Red Rocks of Southern Utah. Guys, I can verify that what I just read about TFM is true. Uh, T, it's been a year that you've been doing the podcast and a year of people listening. But as everyone knows, as we teach and share, we probably learn more, right? Than totally. than, uh, than what's going on out there. So I don't know. What are you coming away from this so far as far as doing the podcast, also just sharing this type of information, which is it's, it's a unique type of information to share. You know what I mean? So, so what's happened? What did you learn from this so far? I, I'm learning a lot more than I expected to learn. And um, I actually, I sit with a notebook. It's, it's right here at my desk and it's pretty much all notes from the podcast as I'm, I'm hopefully people don't hear it and they don't see what's going on, but I, I'm taking notes on the things I learn, and it's almost kind of selfish because I'm almost interviewing these guests for myself. And even when I prepare a solo cast, when I'm just speaking, I realize, wait a second, I'm either teaching myself something or I'm reaffirming something I've learned by making it available to the listeners, to to the people that tune in. Um, 
I've, I found that the, the guests that come on the show, highly successful, they failed often, they failed fast and they found tremendous success in whatever they're doing in their niche, in their industry, with their products, goods, or service. And they teach me so much from where they've excelled in their industry and their goods that I'm then able to take that to my customers and help them say, Hey, you know, I learned something from so-and-so or from this guest and this is what worked for them. Maybe we should take a look and see if that approach works for you as well. I like that. And what I like, one of the things I like most about you is that you're not just living in like this weird hole or this weird bubble where all you're doing is stuff that no one knows what's going on. You're, you live in a world where you are an expert and you are creating magic, but you're doing it in a way that allows you the freedom to be where you want to be, to do the things you want to do. You live more or less half the time, you know, with your family on the other side of the world in Tahiti, you're able to do all these things. But the reason that's important is because you're not just sourcing products. You're not just creating ideas from nothing, you know, from the fog and turning it into a cloud and then into rain and then do a product or whatever. I'm making that metaphor up. It was a good one, but I like that metaphor, but you're not just doing that. You're these people that come to you, they want that freedom, that lifestyle. They want all those things. And it's been interesting to me to see how you can take your focus and live what you're teaching so that when you help someone create their own products, whether they listen or not is another thing, right? It's, it's another, that's another thing. Of course. You're, able to, you're able to show them. So you do want to do this product. Have you considered this strategy around it? You know, because right. that changes everything, which is what you're doing on your podcast when you share it. Um, wh- why do you care so much about creating products and listening to people and helping them, I don't know, create, create their dreams? Why do you, why do you do it at all? Well, you know, I found a lot of joy and freedom, like you're saying, in entrepreneurship. I think um, it's liberating. It gives you options, choices that, you know, you may not have as an employee or um, in traditional workplace. And so I see the value of, of physical products and what it can do for people and, um, and their lifestyles. On the flip side, when they do it wrong, it's usually a costly mistake with the inventory, the overhead, the development costs and things like that. And so I'm of the mindset, you know, let's help them do it right. Save a bunch of money, make as much money as possible. And if it's going to fail, let's do it really fast. That way we found out this wasn't the right product, the right solution. And I think I get a lot of joy out of it. It's work I like doing. I like helping people build the products. I like the late night phone calls with China, even though sometimes they're frustrating or Pakistan or wherever it may be. It's work I enjoy. It's riveting. It's not mundane. It's exciting. It's a launch. You do. You, do. you love it. And I know your background, you know, so uh, I guess more than the average person would. You've mentioned to me before that you didn't come from an entrepreneurial background or an entrepreneurial history or or family, and so this is this is newer for you, which brings a new type of excitement to the table for you, and that whole idea of converting others to oh my gosh, look look what's possible uh, and what you can do too. Tell me more about that, about your journey from from wherever you know traditional stuff, nothing wrong with it, to being an entrepreneur, to helping entrepreneurs be better entrepreneurs. Well, as long as I can tell, you know, looking at my background, there aren't really any entrepreneurs from multiple generations. I'm kind of the first one to to have a crack at it. And um, 
it really started with not knowing where I fit in the workplace. You know, I was frustrated with job interviews that told me I was too cocky, right? Or that um, it would take years to progress. I just didn't grasp that principle. I, 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 I always felt like if you want to excel at something and you put all your focus and time and try to master that, there's not necessarily a time barrier unless there absolutely is, right? And I felt like those barriers were were limiting me. And so when the opportunity came about to go at it on my own with with you and Jace, who have really been great mentors and great business partners and motivating me, I was petrified. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this sounds great. Let's do it. But really, I had no idea how much work it was going to take. I had no idea how many weekends I'd be sacrificing or late nights or date nights or, or things to, to get into it. And uh, it's actually given me an outlet for excess energy and focus. And it's, it's allowed me to, to work better. And I was, I was actually telling you the other day, I feel like I'm performing at the highest level of my career and I'm performing better and faster as the day goes by every day, I'm, I'm doing things a little bit better, a little bit smarter, a little bit more efficiently. And I think a lot of that is because I'm not thinking as an employee with a task, but I'm thinking of where's the best place to go in the fast. I'm thinking like a, like a leader, like an employer, yeah. like a decision maker. You are like an owner. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. And I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of all the jokes I can make about the rooster and being French and people telling you that you're being cocky, you know, but I, I'm just not going to go there. Okay? So just- many, <laughs> so many, only bird that will stand on a pile of crap and scream a joy. Right. So is that, is that the, the French mascot or something? It's the French bird. It's national what bird. Is yeah. Yeah. The, the, the French national bird. national bird. Okay. Um, but aside, aside, aside from that, what, what you just said is so powerful because when people approach you, Many of them have also never had anything to do with product creation or entrepreneurship. And they have no idea what they're getting themselves into. And you are like 10 steps ahead, you know, or a year ahead or, or several years ahead. And they go, I want this thing. I just, this is my observation. They say, I want this thing. And you go, I can make that for you. <laughs> but are you sure that's what you want? Because look at, here's what that means. And here's all the other ways you could do it and get the same effect. That is rare. That is rare. And that's what you bring on this podcast too. You know, podcasts are podcasts. People have to personalize it to themselves. But, you know, when you share the information you're sharing, you're helping people think from that owner, leader, entrepreneur level, not just, and nothing wrong with it, not just the operator, inventor, or even innovator level you're taking it to um, something that's actually super meaningful, not just from like a role responsibility point of view. So uh, I think, I think that's cool. And, and, and that's, and that's kind of intentional actually, you know, and when I think of the guests, I think of a couple that come up to mind, you know, uh, from previous episodes, like Adam Heist and his input on Amazon and how not to do Amazon incorrectly. You know, people say, Oh, there's billions of products on Amazon. And he basically explained, yeah, and 990 million of them will never sell anything, right? And so we're looking at 
what do these 10 million highly successful products on Amazon do and how do we behave like they do? You know, and it's most people are like, oh, well, that's a different way of thinking about it. But yeah, it is. And that's what the guests are, are bringing to the show. And that's why I think it's so important to say, you know what? I've sold products in Walmart and I took this approach, but I don't really understand this Amazon game. And we've got this guest who's a expert and a leader in this space. And he's able to tell you exactly how to look at it at a high level and then give you tacts, uh, tactics you can employ today. And, and that's just, you can't get that anywhere. I didn't get that in college. No one no. taught me that in college. You know, I've got no. two degrees. No one ever told me how to actually make money. No one yeah. told me how to make yeah. money in college. And you're, a, and you're a business student. I know. And I was I a know. business student. I know, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's wild. Like there's all these moving parts. We are in a different uh, world today than we were even a couple of years ago. Lots of things have changed, but you're able to see the moving parts and put them together on your podcast one by one, bit by bit. And if somebody wanted to, you know, while you bring this meaning to these words, um, they can piece together their own, I guess, masterpiece, as you might say, in their life and in their business. And I, I think that's just, that, that's, it's incredible. And it's not philosophical. We're not talking thought leadership stuff, which I'm obsessed with, right? We're talking about practical, hands-on, someone gets something in the mail and they open it up, you know, and they use it. Like this is super real, <laughs> as real as it gets. Um, tell me, this might be a selfish question, but when we work with clients who obviously are successful, that's, all, that's always fun. And the ones who have a hard time getting their, their head wrapped around the psychology of being an entrepreneur, <laughs> what, what, what might you have, what, what, what words of, uh, of love might you have for them? Well, I'd say, look, the worst thing that can happen is you can fail. Mm. And as, as, as bad as that sounds, because I think most people aren't going to start because they're afraid of failing. And once you realize that failure is the worst thing that can happen from it and that you've already overcome failure multiple times in your life, I think it makes sense. Now, don't get me wrong. There's different levels of failure. You know, some people fail with a lot more money than others, but really the worst that can happen is failure. And the best thing that can happen is the sky is the limit or, or more. And you owe it to yourself to give it your best shot, your best shot to get a lot more than a little bit of failure. That's what I think. That's really good. That's really good. That's really good. What, what, does, it, what does it take to do, this is a broad question, so, so you can go from any angle you want, but what does it take to do what you do? You do a lot, and I don't think anyone understands or comprehends. What does it take to do what you specifically do at Product uh, with your podcast and you know, to go from idea to market? So, so with Product... We, um, on, on a transactional level, we facilitate the purchase of goods. And so we first priority protect investments of our customers. We make sure their money is safe. It gets to the manufacturer and that what they're ordering is what they're intending to buy. Now, there are times where, you know, the production isn't good. There's mistakes, things like that happen, but. At a, at a ground level, our value there is to say, hey, you have the intent to purchase something. We're going to make sure those funds go where they're intended to go, 
for the purpose of manufacturing from a tr- to a trusted source, right? Uh, on a higher level, what we're actually doing is helping them conceptualize a money generating machine in the form of a business that buys and sells products. And they create money by selling product, but they don't actually make any profit until they operate at a, in a way where their costs are below their revenue. And our job is not only, because there's a big differentiation here, not only to keep the costs low enough for there to be a profit, but to be able to keep up with the sales when they exceed the rate at which they were forecasted, which happens all the time, right? We're selling fast than we can, but our supply chain wasn't robust enough to keep up. So now my business can't grow, right? So we offer not only the vertical uh, capabilities of producing faster, deeper, more often, more regularly, but also uh, laterally where we can say, well, now let's help you expand your product line where you can grow the cart size, expand the types of customers you're targeting, get them in different ways for different products to try to make a bigger business altogether. I, I think businesses, um, product businesses oftentimes think of them as a product company and not a solution company. And remember, once you've brought in your customer to buy your solution, they are now going to, assuming it was a good transaction, a good history, good performance, they're going to trust you for future solutions, even if unrelated to product one. Ideally, they are related. And so our goal here is we make money when our customers make money. And so we want to help them find and sell other products that help make them more money makes them more successful by putting them back into their system of creating sales and revenue and then us keeping the costs and the operations low so that there's a profit for them. Um, that was so well said. I hope everybody rewinds that <laughs> and listens to that again and again and again. That was actually uh, really insightful. And I don't know if people caught that everything he's saying as far as solutions means that on the other side of that is a problem. That might sound obvious, but it's not. Like to say that you're able to move money from one place to another safely, that means that a lot of times there are people out there, DIY people that send their money somewhere and they have no idea where it went and they didn't get what they wanted. And and I say that because I send a lot of wire transfers. I send so many wire transfers. You don't even want to see how many bank fees we pay a month. It's ridiculous. Chase should basically pay us to send wires. We send so many wires. It's crazy, right? (laughs) Every time I send a wire, how did you get this wire information? How do you know this person? Do you know them personally? Will you be doing business again? Is this a one-time transaction? All these questions that seem silly, but it's all trust questions because people get burned every day. Every day. Every day. And then, and then, you, you know, making the product itself, what people don't realize is a lot of times like TFN, what you don't realize is he is talking to individuals at the company, not not just like some random entry-level gatekeeper email. He's researching, diving down, becoming friends <laughs> with with people overseas. He speaks, you know, fluent Chinese, which is obviously helpful. Um, but people don't realize when they go to make a product on their own, which anybody can do, good luck. They don't realize who they're talking to, that it's a trade company of a trade company of a trade company. You know, many times they don't realize that working with an expert actually saves 
them money <laughs> rather than cost them or even just thinking of it as some kind of investment and I have to do this. Oh no, my friend. In, in many cases, we've seen people save not just tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars because they did it right instead of wrong. And you would never know you were doing it wrong <laughs> until you got burnt. That's why people like TFN thrive because it's a, it's an expertise that is hard, if not almost impossible to replicate without having deep knowledge and time in uh, this industry to be able to make it flow. I'll add this, you know, because the COVID and the supply chain issues are hot right now. Um, more and more companies are looking at outsiders, people from different industries saying, hey, what can you bring from what you've done here to help us where we're struggling in this mm-hmm. space, in this area, with this product, with this commodity, whatever it may be. And sometimes there's a time to just give it to someone else who actually knows nothing about your supply chain, your operations and say, how else could we build this to, to be more lean to address your shortages? How can we get a little bit ahead of the competition so that we're not trying to play catch up and outbid everyone and catch back at the end? And, and I think that for, for big businesses, this is a, a, it's going to become more and more popular in 2022 and 2023 for them to just reach out to the businesses and say, help us build our supply chain a little bit smarter. What else can we be doing? Yeah, that's good. That's good. And super important to think about. Most people don't think about it. And people listen to your podcast, they're probably leaning towards thinking about it. Um, but these kind of insights help you make it happen, right? Like, like it totally. makes, makes, makes it super real. What's your vision for someone? Of course, there's the person who's never done it before. They're, you know, they're trying to figure it out. What's your vision even for the person who is experienced that is making things happen, that's trying to scale? What's your, what's your objective with those kinds of people? For them that they do scale and that they can scale vertically and laterally, like we just spoke about, that they can say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this business. Maybe they're hitting that stagnant spot where they're like, hey, sales are good, but they're not really growing. Well, that's a perfect time to say, well, hey, if we've hit our peak in this category, let's add another category and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and, and just grow the business as best as you can by either increasing the number of units sold or increasing the transactional value or adding more products to the mix. And my hope is that through the solo cast and through the guests they come on, they say, you know what? I haven't quite tried that yet. Or maybe I could approach it like this. Or, hey, this is an interesting company. We could totally collaborate. Or I like the way this company does their drops every Friday and they sell out. What an interesting novel idea. I wonder if I could try a limited release like that or, Hey, we've never tried to go to big box stores. I wonder if we could make it. Maybe I'll reach out to my friend, uh, Jay, who I heard on TFN's podcast from Evergreen Retail Mm -hmm. Solutions and see what that looks like. That would be the goal. No, 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 that's amazing. What people don't realize is that when you're on, when you're on like the top of, when you're like on the top of seeing what's happening. Everything, of course, with our clients is strictly confidential and everything is done, you know, correctly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when you're at the top, you can see what's working over there, what's working over here, what's working over there. We're not talking about any conflicts of interest. We're just talking about when you see what's working in real time, not the stuff that you can Google. Once you can Google it, it's Googleable and it's Googleable for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a great <laughs> word, by the way. Googleable. Thank you. Which means it's old news. Yeah. It might be new to you, but it's old news when it's on Google. And so when you're real time seeing what's happening in the fray, what's working, what's not working, you can, it, it becomes a product becomes a business accelerator. You know, you know, this is what's working today. This is what worked yesterday. That served you. It doesn't serve you anymore. You know, like let, let's try this. Let, let's do that. And that's what we saw happen in 2020, 2021, 2022. Every year has been a different challenge. One that was unexpected and the best we could get ahead of it. And in some cases we were pretty fortunate to discern and get ahead of it. But what I'm trying to say is the problems of 10 years ago are not the problems of today. Right. And the problems 10 years from now are also not going to be the problems of today. They'll be new problems. Right. And, and you as a, as a problem solver, you can see that from a point of view that many others just, they're just not there. You know, I, and I can talk about a few examples from the show in last year that we've spoken about that have been hot, you know, when freight was, the first time around, just atrocious and terrible and pounding people. We at Product already knew, hey, let's ship to Tacoma, Washington and Portland, Oregon. And mm-hmm. we got way ahead of it. And for three or four months, we were importing containers on a normal schedule at lower costs than the entire competition. Eventually, the big competitors caught up. You know, Walmart started sending ships there. So did Amazon and Home Depot. And then, you know, no more. Hold on, just so just so you will understand, if they didn't catch your other podcast on that, you mean because the port was stacking up in Los Angeles? So, so Long Beach was so backed up, so behind. It still is, but you you just couldn't do anything that yeah. we identified the other ports that we could come in, and so we quickly did an analysis. We like, look, how are the bookings filling up? Called our freight forwarders. They said, hey, capacity's not maxed out on the boats going to these destinations, so we were getting better prices, better transfer time, better inland freight through those locations and saving a ton of time. So when most people were shipping in 35, 40 days, we were still in the 14 to 21 days and saving a ton of money in the process. And this is because you were seeing what's happening. You weren't some rando going on the internet and saying, go do this thing because Google told me to. You were seeing what's happening in the marketplace. Oh, wow. People aren't catching on because they're still doing the status quo. I'm going to protect my clients. Right. Exactly. And, and eventually it made sense to go back to LA. And now we were back in the middle of the crowd and you know we were playing the same game as everyone else, but we did have a big advantage for three to four months where we were able to capitalize on that. And for those that listened to the podcast, they got that information. You know, people, we just told yeah. them here it is. No, no your podcast, I mean, people have, like, there's that saying like, you don't know what you don't know, right. Until mm-hmm. you know it kind of thing. And it goes for us, goes for everybody, but you don't realize like all the things you do, unless you listen to the podcast, right? You don't, you don't know all the things you're doing, but from shipping to the size of the packaging, which can be shaved off by half an inch just by being strategic, which can mean more of them can fit inside the container, which means they can come in at a different price point possibly. Uh, with all the different fees, which means they can be fulfilled through the mailman and male right. woman and male people. They can be fulfilled through the, through the, through the mail at a cheaper rate. So when people are doing Kickstarters and doing all these other things, if they listen to this, they would be able to think through that. If they don't, if they're fortunate to think through that, cool. But we know too many horror stories where they got funded and they didn't realize how much it would cost to ship or how much 
that there was a difference between shipping and fulfillment. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it gets pretty crazy. But so what you're doing is so powerful. Not only does it save people money, not only does it help people get like the correct products and help them fulfill their dreams, um, but it's helping them do it in a way that they don't have to think about it because it's done, which is a double-edged sword. Because in some ways you're like, yes, I did it. And the other side, it's like, they don't even know what I did. Like- <laughs> and, and, and that's a real issue because you know why I... We try, at least with product on, on the sourcing side, to to make it as simple. And you know, sometimes it's like, oh, here's your product. They're like, oh, wow, that was easy. I, you actually remember it was one of our first deals. Someone actually said, well, I can't pay you that. That was too fast. It was too easy. And they were mm-hmm. joking. You were like, well, you know, that's, that's what you hired us for, yeah. right? What, to get you the results right away and not waste time. And sometimes you know, people get frustrated because things take longer than they want, but we're not just looking to flip a product on Alibaba or global sources. We're not just looking to slap a label on something. We're trying to build really scalable businesses that can survive hard times and that give you an access to someone you can actually call and say, Hey, I'm in a bind. I know it's normally six weeks. Can you turn it around in 35 days or in 30 days or 20 days or whatever the lead time is? That Those are the types of partners we're working with establishing. And if you listen to the podcast on the episodes, we talk about finding manufacturing partners and the questions where we ask the customers about their vendors, they all say the same thing. And they've all found success in working with people that not only make the product correctly, but care about them and their success. Yeah. And that's what, you know, you have to do yeah. on, on the supply side. No, I love it. And on, and on the, the other side, the, the creator, it's so much, that's why I love your podcast. It's so much more helpful. Like it's cool and we can just do stuff and they don't have to think about it and it's done. Like, like, like great. But it's so cool when they understand what's happening, not just because maybe it, it means more because that it's besides the point, but because as things work or as things don't, then they can get involved in a strategic level, not a transactional level, but a transformational level and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, how about we try this? Why don't we do this? And we can start collaborating as opposed to the friction that comes along with a lot of these different companies where it's like, here's what I want. You better give it to me. It's like, do you want to build a brand or do you just want to like, I don't know, go to Walmart and put a sticker on the on a new cup? I mean, like, what are you trying to do? And, and, and you know, and I, we have great examples about that on the podcast, you know, like when Pat Flynn came and he spoke about the SwitchBot and about all the products we've done for him, there was never any doubt that it would get done. Ever. He knew that he could build the marketing program. He could build the funnel. He could start the branding him and Caleb. They knew they could do that because they, they had already taken care of the product. It was with the right people. It was going in the right direction. You know, we work with Russell Brunson. We're very blessed to do some work with him. Remember when he asked us to make the MP3 player before the, and he, before the product was finished? Yeah. The whole marketing plan was done. And it was just like, here, guys, go take care of this. And we were able to execute with with laser precision. And yes. so I hope that from the podcast, people understand if you find the right partners and you can really outsource the work and trust them, like we say, do what you do best, outsource the rest, right? If you can outsource the key portions you need, you can dedicate all your time, energy, focus to other parts of the business that in theory should make you very, very wealthy and successful. I love it. And you know, there is a learning curve with whatever someone's doing, whether they're on either side, but it's so cool when you're educating, which is what you're doing with your podcast to be like, oh, this person gets it. 
Like they get it. There's nothing more like, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Let's just say there's nothing more productive than working with people that get it. And when they don't, they're open to learning. I hope we're, we're the same way. Um, but, but there's nothing more productive than two people who are learning together and, or are experts together, but they get it. They get it. Meaning regardless of what happens, they're going to figure it out without drama. <laughs> they're going to totally. figure it out without drama. And, 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 you know, it's like we said earlier in the show, like, look, failure is a part of business. It happens. Big companies fail all the time. It's normal. My space was huge. Gone. Dead. Right. I guess it's still around, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but big businesses, like they die. It's okay. It happens. And, and when you're launching a product, the idea is, look, if you're bringing in an expert to product, it's before we spend enormous amounts of money, we want to see, is it viable? Is it feasible? Can we get our costs to the place where it makes sense? And, and like you're saying, two experts working together, it might fail, but that failure is actually a success. You prove that it wasn't worth pursuing the venture any further. And when you do it right, you can actually validate that. Whereas a lot of people fail because they didn't execute properly. Yeah. What we try to do is say, no, let's execute properly and, um, and have the highest probability of success. And if there isn't success, then we know that the idea or the concept wasn't valid and that needs to be redrawn, redesigned, or left behind. I love that. I love that. I love that. I'm going to switch gears just, just for a quick second. How's your family doing? So good. So good. <laughs> tell me how, tell us how many kids and stuff. Well, I'll tell you what, since the podcast started, we have baby number three. It's a big deal. <laughs> First girl. First girl. So happy. And they're all doing Taekwondo and lacrosse. Is that, is that what it is? Well, the, the, the 10 month old is doing, you know, standing up on things. That's pretty impressive. And then two year old started singing a song. He memorized somehow. I have no idea what happened there. Wow. And then uh, the older one. Yeah. You know, all the things. Soccer, lacrosse, swimming in the pool, taekwondo. <laughs> I love that. What What's next on the horizon for the podcast over the next year? What are you thinking? Record more. <laughs> You're just like, I'll just keep going. <laughs> well, I, I want to keep going. I, I want to get the listeners more involved and have it be more of a, a, a listener-driven experience where they're able to tell us, hey, I really want to learn about this. Or I really want to be more familiar about this question or what about economically? What are we doing here? Or what's the consequences of that? Or I want to understand how this product is made and how they source and things like that. You know, we did a little bit of that with um, a series that you were a part of on how to become an author. And we were able to do a solo cast, get John Lee Dumas to talk about his books and have you talk about uh, your book in soon to be released book, anti-time management. So exciting. You got it. <laughs> um, and so I, I, that's what I want for the future. I'm going to keep recording. I'll keep putting out, you know, the latest and greatest, what I'm learning. We might recap some key points every once in a while because we're getting new people into uh, new listeners every week, right? And we want to make sure that they're getting the key principles of the podcast, but hopefully and ideally this is listener driven where those tuning in today, they could say, you know, I'd really want to learn about this. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what's holding me back. This is kind of where we didn't make it. Can you help me try to understand why or bring a guest that could explain that? 
Th- that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I would love. And I actually think that's kind of selfish because it's where I would probably learn the most as well. I like that. What's the best way for them to like ask questions? Like, is it on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook or email you? What's the best way to say, T, I want to learn about this. Where, where do we do that? All of the above. And, and I realized with podcasts, it's kind of hard because if you're listening on Apple, there's no like comment feature. If you're, it's true. you know, though, you know, reviews are great, but it just isn't there. So if you have the email, send it. You can always send me a message on the website, Facebook, our Facebook group, the Product Guy Podcast on Facebook is a great way to do it. But really, if you reach out to me on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all the places, I would love, love, love the feedback, the input. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I know what I know, but there's lots of things I don't know. And so if there's an an industry that I'm not familiar with, I I really want to get to know that. I I want to understand it better and and share that knowledge. I think there's, um, there's diamonds in spaces or areas where you know nothing about. And the goal in the show is to extract those nuggets of gold and those gems that have been developed in supply chains and product companies that are unknown to you and then incorporating that into your own businesses. And that's really the goal. No, that's really good. What What's a podcast you've done that someone should maybe refer back to just one or two off the top of your head? I think the, the one with Brandon Poulin, where he talks about leadership and making the right hires and um, overcoming early business mistakes and pivoting into what was successful and then building different categories and verticals of business from his lady boss um, experience is, is really valuable to people wherever they stand in business, whether they be just an idea or they're doing 20 or $30 million. I think that's a good one. Um, I think the podcast with John Lee Dumas, where he spoke about the power of entrepreneurship and being your own boss and looking for uh, opportunities super just super super podcast i think all the pod we've done a couple together all of those have been a a huge success and really eye-opening as to like in the book business we talk to a lot of potential authors and i think they're always like i've got an offer from a publisher but i don't know what i should do and speaking to someone that's been both routes which is what this podcast was really gives them an opportunity to say well i'm hearing it unfiltered what's the right way to go so in all honesty, I can't think of a bad podcast. Well, and, no, and that's like, yeah. it's like, I'm not trying to be like to brag or anything. I just can't think of a podcast that I think, huh, this was no, a waste each, of a week. Each, no, each episode you've done was specific, you know, and, and helpful. And you just look at the results of whether you were interviewing a client, you know, like, like Pat or John, uh, or whether it was just some expert out there that you're trying to learn from or, or help people. They're all, they're all ways to help people like intentionally, not just in general. You know what I mean? It's specific. And you look at the results of the clients, you go like, oh, John was able to move from San Diego to Puerto Rico and his whole business operated and we're able to ship his books for him. He does, a, you know, he does a million things without thinking, you know, like, like he sets it up because his marketing is done. That's, that's an actual miracle. Like yeah. that, that's an actual miracle. And, you know, the same thing with Pat and the switch pod, we'll just keep using those because they're, they're good examples, but we have countless examples of creators, you know, from, from YouTube and wherever else who are replacing their income with, with some, some, some thing that's amazing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's literally amazing. And, and, you know, we have some guests, I had a guest that was on that spoke about, you know, 
Facebook arbitrage. And he said, you know, I was working for Shopify doing my thing. Then I decided to go do drop shipping on Facebook marketplace. And now I have eight employees full time. And I kind of like, I'm looking for another business to build because it's just on cruise control. And it's just so unbelievable to think of someone that was in the grind and the rough of it, making, you know, a little bit of money working for Shopify who now has this big, powerful uh, marketplace reseller, right? And it's fun to hear from them, but I hope it gives people the knowledge they need so that they can then go pursue that and execute as well. I love it. Well, I know you have some big things coming, some big trips, possibly Mexico, possibly Vietnam. You're making all kinds of things happen. Um, what? Where's people to go to learn more about you and what you're doing? And what's on the horizon for you? What's what's uh, not just for your podcast, but for you personally? What's what's your next big project? Uh, either this or or whatever else. Yeah, they should go to the website tfnmagre.com. Um, just like that, was tfnmagre.com, and they can learn a little bit more about me, my family, our businesses. I'm a, I'm really bullish on Web three. I know it's a bear market right now. I know a lot of everyone's down on everything. And, um, and that's normal, but I do think for those paying attention that web three NFTs, crypto, I think it's a lot of noise right now. I'm investing in it because I'm trying to decipher and to understand better. Where's the noise going? Why is it going in that direction? And how do I prepare to, to execute or build in that space? I think we're already, already seeing, um, what's happening where we, we've already sifted a lot of the junk out, which is what's happening right now. And we're starting to see businesses that understand the future and, and build it properly. And so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. And web three, think of it as just a, um, uh, a, a, a headquarters, a nexus, a, an engine for how things work. Physical products will be huge in this new world, in this new um, way of doing business. So, I've actually got a company that does things in that space. That's super exciting. And then I'll actually be launching a series of my own products later this year that I think uh, is exciting and fun. And it's really just meant to, to make people's lives easier in whatever industry they are. That's the goal, right? Whether they be a digital product that's coming out or uh, some physical products that are in the works. Tell me more about Web3, digital, and just the everyday physical and how you hope to bring them together? Well, it's inevitable that they do come together. They're going to meet. And those that are in Web3, that are in the NFT space, that are building brands through selling these pieces of art that have raised money. Um, right now, people aren't able to see the digital value of their digital asset. They, some realize it, 99% of consumers see it as an unrealized gain, right? And so in order to bring immediate value to the future benefit that's being created through these um, essentially NFT projects that are crowdsourced projects, when you really think about it, that's what it is, right? They're going to be adding more physical components. They have to, whether it be a new product, a good, a gift bag, brand and merch, um, whatever it may be, a collectible poster, anything that um, 
ties you to the NFT and the Web3 launch, I think is going to go a long way. And it's going to help validate the brands. And so what you're seeing now at a lot of NFT and Web3 conferences like VCon or NFT NYC, NFT LA, et cetera, these big major NFT powerhouse brands are creating their own booths where exclusive merch is available for purchase. It seems dorky and it seems silly, but it's a way to bring a physical presence, appearance, and marketing power to this Web3 um, brand that's being developed. And, and that's really what it is. These it's are a community. Brands. It's a community. It's a brand. It's a movement. And it, and it goes the other direction. I mean, the more you take just everyday physical products that you're doing and attach these digital assets to it with this new technology, whether you wrap it up and, and call it an NFT or you do something else with it, which... Some things are in the works. Some things have been happening. Some things we have no idea what it's, what it's going to look like or what it's going to be called. That's not the, just the future, man. <laughs> That's happening as we speak. And, and, and I, people that like, I don't understand Web3. I say that's, that's totally fine. But there are things you do understand, right? You understand stocks, right? We're buying a portion. You understand options in stock trading where you have the right to buy it sooner or later or whatever. NFTs work very much the same way. It's 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 a claim to a digital asset. It's a stamp. It's a certificate of authenticity. Now, whether you value that or not, you know, it's totally up to you. But it, it's happening. It's coming for business transactions in the banking world and in supply chain in my world. This is the best thing that happens in sliced bread. Like it's so, unbelievable what it's no, doing for it, us. It's amazing. So, so TFN's pretty heavy into this space and actually getting some amazing clients um, with a separate company uh, in this space. And what's amazing to me, uh, it's not amazing, just amazing in general, uh, is that you're able to come at it from a unique experience, from the supply chain experience, from these different things that you're doing, and you're able to apply it in innovative ways, in ways that other people aren't even necessarily thinking about uh, because there's a million applications and everyone's just going to do it with what they know. And so there's, there's a space for this an opportunity and we're at the beginning of it, right? We're at the very beginning of it. There's, there's this opportunity to kind of create your own little universe, you know, in this own little uh, time period that can, whether it explodes in a good way or a bad way, it will create these processional effects where one thing leads to another into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And so I, 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 you as the product guy, you, you really are a product creator in the digital space and the physical space. And you're able to bring a lot of different ideas and thoughts and, and resources and unite them to a common cause, even if they're, they, they seem like they're floating out there and they're unrelated. And that is a, an absolute uh, gift and skill that, that, that you have, T. I just want to recognize you that. Much love, much love, much love. No, no, thank you. I'll tell you what. The, the 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 best conversations I have are when people say, well, this is my idea, but we can't do that because. Right. And I always look and I say, but what if you could? <laughs> and then and then they're like, but you can't I go, but but like, let's entertain it for a minute. Yeah, yeah. And then like they go, well, if I could do this, then we could do that. And I said, so let's go prove that you can't or let's overcome that you can't by replacing it with something else. Exactly. And we've seen that over and over again, where we said, you know, you thought you couldn't do this, but I'm going to show you how you can get there in something very similar, comparable, or exactly what you asked for. But I know a way of doing it that, no. that you don't understand. It's so true. Well, I know I could ask you a million more questions, 
uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but me and talk, me and T talk every day for like possibly hours <laughs> every day. Oh, I have the privilege of learning from him and able to bounce ideas off him and go back and forth. So it's a real honor. Uh, but for those of you that don't have that awesome opportunity, like I do, you actually do because you get to listen to him on this podcast and you can message him on any of these social media platforms or email or wherever he is. And you guys can um, find ways to make your own magic because T is the magic man. Product guy, the magic man. <laughs> we just, there needs to be a jingle about, about you. <laughs> well, yeah, if you can get Kanye to make my jingle, I'm in. <laughs> no, are just season. Are you going to start a project to see if that's not possible, and then and then find a way to make it possible? <laughs> Sometimes it depends on how tenacious you are. Right? Do I really want that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, Richie, th- thanks for for coming on the show. Thanks for interviewing me. It's uh, it's been awesome. It's been a pleasure. I've uh, I've enjoyed this one year on the product guy podcast. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I, thank Congratulations. you. I, I didn't launch forever because I was like, I won't be consistent. It's not going to happen. I'm going to drop the ball. It's not going to be right. And, uh, you know, I'm going to say like, congratulations to me. You know, it's been a year and, and thanks to the listeners who listened in for this first year. And I hope that in two years, we've got another or not in one year, we have another episode like this. Where we're able to celebrate the two year mark and three and four and five. And, as long as it's value creating to the listeners, it's exciting. Absolutely, man. You're rocking it, brother. Thanks for having me uh, interview here. This, is, this has been really fun for me. I learn so much every time I talk to you. So, so honestly, thank you. That was an honor. Thanks, Richie. All right, everybody. Catch you next week on the Product Guy Podcast. Yeah.